All right, we are kicking off a new series, the Lightbody Academy Q&A panel chats. We have the Lightbody Academy facilitator team here today, and it's always a treat to have them all here in one sitting. We have Ray Ellen. Put your hands up, Ray, our resident esoteric <laughs> astrologer. We have Stacy Hernandez, our resident multidimensional energy tracker and spiritual coach. We have Laura Lehman, our resident Exol species ambassador, our, and finally, our Christina Schwinn, Lightbody Academy founder and consciousness acceleration expert. Tom Twister, acceleration expert. Mm -hmm. So they will be answering a few questions that some of you way showers may be asking yourself. So if you're curious about leading your life in a multidimensional way, you're watching the right video. So as the team tackles every question, feel free to comment below, below with your questions or experiences you've been having, trust me, it will help everybody that will read it. So let's get started with our first question. All right, what is meant by people having different frequencies? And it's a common, common thing I hear everywhere. Oh, I don't like that person's energy. Oh, I don't like that person's frequency. It's too far apart. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Who wants to answer first? Um. I'll, I can jump in on that one. Uh, so frequency, frequency, also wavelength, late wavelength, stuff like this. I think it means different things at different times um, when I hear people use it. Uh, in one way, when someone says, I really don't like their vibe, I don't um, jive with their frequency, I think what they're trying to describe is that they don't feel like they are a um, harmonic uh, energy exchange between them and that other person. Like something just feels off a record skips or maybe you don't feel free to be in your fullness or free to speak freely as you truly are, you know, stuff like this. Um, you know, and as multidimensionals, we're, we're very, very sensitive. We may even um, some of us embrace the label empath, which is the idea that we can feel other people's energies, other people's thought forms, emotions. Right. And, uh, and there's a lot of times when people are being really nice in their face, but behind the scenes, they're actually really harsh and judgy or are having reactions and stuff like this. And if they uh, and so we can interpret that as we're not a harmonic match we're not a frequency match. Right. Um, so I think there's that kind of definition, but there's also, when you are inquiring about um, frequency, like someone, I, um, you know, someone's at this kind of frequency versus that kind of frequency, some might say 4D versus 5D, stuff like this. I feel like this is about expansion of consciousness, the kind of space they hold themselves for what they are observing and that's in front of them. And some people who are very into who they think they are, I would say, you know, most of their consciousness and awareness is in that 3D, 4D space, right? And it doesn't really go beyond that. But as multidimensionals, we're awake to the to the reality that we are an infinite being in a biosuit and we have many, many, many lifetimes. So what we're interacting with is didn't start here. And we have a, a field that our our awareness occupies that's beyond time and space that's more of a that circular time so for example if you get really triggered by some somebody cutting you off on the freeway and you happen to meet eyes with them while they're flipping you off you're like whoa i know him from another life you know he tripped up my chariot back in rome or whatever <laughs> you know it's like we have a different narrative available to we're available to different narratives to give us a more expanded understanding of what's happening in front of us um, and of course there's nesting dolls of that so 
once you wake up to the who you are beyond who you think you are, there's these other layers that are beyond that even until you get even to the galactic perspective and cosmic perspective. And those those of us who are embodying those frequencies, we're very different humans. We talk very differently. We're totally different value systems. You know what I mean? There's a real clear differentiation between how we focus and spend our time versus how the average, say, um, average human spends their time. And is it easy for us in, in our expanded state to spend time with the average humans? I, for me personally, I think that um, it's in small doses. So I can be, because I have an awareness and intent to be a benefit to others that I'm with, you know? So I, I you know, I am in that position with my intention. So if I start to feel overloaded, then I'm practicing self-care now to distance myself so I can come back to myself if I'm starting to, you know, really get bogged down. And when there's a lot of emotional charge, when there's a lot of heavy heaviness, it's it's impacts us, right? And I know I'm sorry, about to go in a different direction with that, but like Raelle and we were just having this talk about the politics and the new narrative that's coming up, you know, and like the people that, that are really heavy with it. But then when you look at it on another level, it's like, oh, what a perfect game. This is an amazing theater. That's <laughs> right? But until we have that conversation, <laughs> we're still in the experience of the heaviness, the, the, the duality of it, you know? So uh, maybe that's helpful. I, I don't know if you guys want For to dovetail. Sure. For sure, this question yeah. is uh, multi. Oh, I wanted to. I wanted. Oh, sorry. I oh, wanted to ahead. tag in there and just add a little bit. I feel like, from my experience in in working with people, that the frequencies can change, right? The free frequency matches can change. Yeah. That you mm -hmm. you may be a match, and and your unique signatures, your unique frequencies connect, and then they stop, and then they don't anymore. And it's this constant flow of of connecting and then not you know so i just wanted to throw that piece in there too because i feel like we're constantly changing and mm -hmm. our frequencies are but the ego mind can really keep us locked into a, a one way mm -hmm. right one way of being one way of connecting one way of of expressing and so mm -hmm. yeah i just wanted to throw that in as well oh that's mm -hmm. gonna be like that's a major thing i noticed lately with uh relationships changing obviously mm -hmm. frequencies are changing within the relationship so letting go is uh challenge for a lot of people yeah. so that's, that's a huge that one that's a also, huge one i also feel like there's a default people go back to a default frequency so mm -hmm. you know you have your default frequency and then you have the frequencies that you engage with other people with depending wow. um and also i also feel like it depends on how much you're in your body you know, yes, yes, and, and also what your value system is. I mean, there's a lot to it. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's just so many different facets to it. Um, yeah, but I feel like we've given it a good rounding off. Yeah, yeah well, oh, sorry, Ray, go ahead, chime in. No, um, I, I was just saying that as growing up, I never really fit in, you know, um, and people always thought I was a little bit different. And I do think differently, and oftentimes, depending on how I feel around the person, sometimes I like to shake the boat a little bit and introduce new ways of thinking because it's, you know, like if, if you are always talking to somebody on the same frequency match, you don't grow. But if you are talking to somebody who has no idea or no clue about something and you kind of give them a new view of how they look at it, 
-hmm. it often they'll say, well, I never thought about that, or I thought about that, and I'm afraid to express it. So it gives them an option of coming to a different frequency or bringing them to another level of awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. I think that that is, you know, part of how we serve humanity is that we can introduce new thoughts, new ways of looking at things when people are ready. And even when they're not, I mean, I think there's times when we've said something that's really jarred somebody, yes. <laughs> you know, but we couldn't help but not point it out, you know, um, there's that kind of thing. But this going back to Stacy's point about we're at different frequencies at different times. I think this is really important piece to keep in mind so we can um, to maybe it's e easier to stay in a place of compassion for ourselves and other people, you know, because there's times when the circumstances are just so perfect that it brings people into a wonderful connection and harmony and maybe that's at a you know a, a location or event or something that's not always the baseline right and then everybody goes back to their lives and if they get back together again that space not not might not be there yes. anymore you know and then we might get a Good little point. attached about that <laughs> you know um I think it's uh, I think just having this peace of mind that this is a constant fluid, fluid moving thing can help us uh, accept things a little bit easier if they're different. You know, like say this somebody you met and it was such a beautiful meeting and then you meet again. It's not the same, you know. That's yeah, I think about this also in like intention, right, that we may have like we may be in, 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 an, in an intentional frequency for the moment right? Mm -hmm, it may be mm -hmm. we share the the intentional frequency of that class. I think about my life, my life outside of, let's say, the energy work, which involves children, right? Or going to the school or having this intention where I have to gather with a group of people who are not my people, but the intention is we're all there for our children or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. You know, uh -huh. or a work environment, we have a, a common intentional frequency mm -hmm. that we're in mm -hmm. that may not be our normal frequency, but it's it we're in an intentional space yeah. around it. Yeah, that's aligned with your value system. And there's an important reason to be there. So it's like holding yourself accountable for the undercurrent of why you're there. This may not be my fullness, but it's important that I'm here because dot, dot, dot. That's that's, it. I, I love that point, Stacey. Thank you. I do. That's that's a big one. I'm sorry, that's landing just, I'm just hearing this for the first time. Yeah. It's landing with me like, yes, that's accountability on a major level. Absolutely. Well, it was all through what you said. It made me think about that. And I think about like, again, I wouldn't necessarily have that intention, that connection with a person like that. But because we have a shared common piece, it, it, it holds a beautiful frequency and space in place for that. Mm -hmm. And, and, how do you come from that? You stay in your truth, right? While being in that intentional frequency. Yeah, yeah. I could, yeah That's the except, work, right? Yeah, well, understanding you're there for a reason and staying focused on that reason, I imagine, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, my kids are grown, so I'm not I'm not in those positions as often as you are, Stacy. And it's mm -hmm. it's really it's it's important. It feels like it's important for us to be in places like that so we can shake up the frequencies for new ideas or for some kind of opening that wouldn't normally be there, be there. Like a, a new potential, another level kind of a potential for change. Um I guess I'm saying that just to encourage people to step out of their comfort zone and keep engaging, keep engaging, keep engaging. Just be clear in your intent. Um, yeah. 
yeah, frequency match doesn't mean that anybody's wrong necessarily. It just means that they're in a position that they're in. And if they knew better, they would do better. <laughs> that is, I think that's the truth for Funny, most of us. Speaking of frequency match, I, I find like when I was a kid, I didn't care. But as I grew older and like teenage and low 20s, I was frequency matching a lot. <laughs> uh -huh. do, were you frequency matching for you to feel like they belong or for or you belong or for them to feel like they belong keep in, with you? Oh, it, to it, keep it, yeah, I just found that it created a lot of harmony. So it was mm -hmm. almost natural for me to do it until uh, I started becoming a rebellion later in life then. <laughs> ooh, yeah, peacekeeper yeah. and peace breaker. Oh, exactly. <laughs> All right. So wow, before this we move on. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, we I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to ramble on these topics because they're <laughs> fascinating. But you brought up this amazing point about frequency matching, right? I love how you brought that as a term because it makes me think about how are we walking in our daily lives and where are we trying to match someone else's frequency while not being in our own or in what is it an intentional, like an intentional frequency, right? Where there's a mission, there's a purpose. So how are we doing this in our daily lives? And with Christina bringing up the fact that bring, putting ourselves in situations where we're frequency connecting, right? We're in situations that we wouldn't normally do is important I also see it as a way of healing our own wounding. Because mm -hmm. when I go in those situations, I automatically guards up, I'm ready to go. These are not my people. Okay, I'm gonna frequency match on their frequency, but then it, it, <laughs> you know, but what I go into is my own wounding when I'm trying to frequency match when it's yeah. not, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I've yeah. healed so much by bringing myself into those spaces mm -hmm. and doing the work. Okay, I'm uncomfortable right now. Why am I feel this way? Where's this coming from, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, so this frequency matching is a, wow, what a brilliant concept to bring up that we get to really tune in when we're in those spaces to see even our relationships. When are we really matching? And when are we really in our authenticity and our frequency? And, oh, you know, that's all okay. those things. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like as empaths, I mean, that's a whole other thing where you frequency match to cope, you know, to try to frequency <clears throat> yes. match other people oh, yeah. to to handle situations and and how you're feeling and mm -hmm. that's that's a pretty that's epidemic a, among empaths especially when you're indeed. younger I think yeah 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 well a lot of times that's how they got to become empaths is that they had to as a survival mechanism in their family life you know yeah absolutely Red well, do you yeah. want to jump in on that okay well yeah uh, talking about family life it's it's very interesting because my frequency has always been different from my family and sometimes they'll agree with me and other times, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll disagree with me. And that other times they encourage me to bring in my perspective because it kind of shakes everything up. It's mm -hmm. almost like, well, Raylan always thinks of it differently. Um, what do you think? And they, 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 they're kind of like waiting for me to jump in and give that new perspective to shake things up a little bit, oh. but then they'll also correct me if they're not ready for it. <laughs> so I, there, there's two sides of the situation. Yeah. They wait for it. Like, let's watch and see what she's going to do. What is she going to yeah. say? Yeah. You know, and then other hands like, you know, Raylan, we don't want to hear this right now. You know, uh -huh. so. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. At well, least they're open to even hearing it. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's not that shows growth. Um, but you're speaking to the point that I was that I had in my mind, and and also dovetails on uh, what Stacy is talking about, and that is that um, that wounding piece. You know, because I can imagine Raylan in the past maybe that was a rejection experience. Yes. Right, and then for them to to change their tune. I think it's a good, it's a great indication of your own personal healing. And it also takes us closer to, this is something I've deepened inside of myself more this past couple of weeks is that I may not be, I, I mean, at a very different rhythm than everybody, a lot of people, but there's a very solid purpose on why I'm here. It's like, there is a very solid reason on why my infinite self is incarnated right now in a physical body. And it's so important true that I show up. So, you know, get over my crap, get over my crap <laughs> and show up. Because yes. when I do, things happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a just a, just a torch of courage to everybody. You know, I mean, you guys have it, but I'm, it's just everybody listening that, you know, there's a reason why you're different. There's absolutely a reason why your frequency is, is uh, so juxtaposed to so many, but it's not because, you know, you're different in, in that, that wounding of being um, uh, uh, separate or, or victim or, or, or exiled or lonely or anything. It's more about your frequency has a harmonic place. You're, there's a heart call, there's a spirit call for why you are there. It's up to you to find it. It's up to you to find that reason and let that be your bedrock, you know, for your intention of showing up. So are you saying then if you're holding that, I, I call that the our vision, right? Like if I'm holding my vision, which I know is my sole purpose, the vision for being here, and I have different visions for different things. But if I'm holding that, that's my coping mechanism, right? Because no matter what environment I'm going in, I'm holding that truth. And that then means I'm here for this. And so that connection, that frequency matching, that connecting with others, I'm not wavering my truth because I'm holding that vision, mm -hmm. you know, with everything I do. So it, yeah. that's a beautiful way to cope. And it's beyond the word cope. But it's a beautiful way to be, let's use the word be, in every situation, rather than going to the wounding and how we've coped in the past, right? right. Putting right. our shields up, doing our guards, whatever, feeling rejected, all those sort of things yeah. that as a way of coping to feel safe, right? Now, if we're holding that space of our, our vision, we are then holding that space. And I, I feel that's authenticity right there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's like, I yes. know I'm here because I have a mission with humanity. And if I'm going into this uncomfortable in, in situation, no matter what, I'm here to show up with my vision, here to show up. And that may look uncomfortable and I get to feel and I get to go through whatever comes up for me. It just, this just feels really like, I don't know, the word, I feel like, you just opened a really big door for people to see like you're holding a different space when you go through life in the mm -hmm. way that you brought this forward. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and on that note, the show is over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How do we even be the key to life? <laughs> so, so would you say like the terms frequency, vibration, energy, are they in the exact same thing? it's yeah it's well no i mean i guess there's some differences what do you guys think would you how would you dif differentiate those um 
So, so energy is, is, uh, unseen, but it's an, it's a life force moving, right? The frequency is the rate at which it's moving. Okay. Oh, okay. Doesn't frequency have to do with light? And, you know, so, you know, light at a higher level. Right. So we sound at a higher. Yeah. So. Yes, exactly. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to keep going on that. No, 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 no. So So then is vibration the, the, like the sound or the light? It's the modality or the method? Yeah. So vibration. Yeah. yeah. So when you have like um the tone la yeah exactly you know, exactly that that that's moving at like this kind of rate and so they've even associated that with the color red right and then if you go a little bit higher va right and now that's moving a little quicker and it's yeah. associated with the color orange you see so it's like um light when it's uh like. I don't want to say pure because what does that mean? That's all relative. But when like white light has all the frequencies within it. But when you, when you spectrum that out, you have different wavelengths with that create colors. And that's where you get the colors of the rainbow. So that, know? Probably, so, that probably brings us back to the indigo children because they have a particular frequency. Indigo is a high level of frequency, so to yes. speak. And that's why they're coming in because they're bringing a different frequency. We're all energy, but that they're bringing that particular frequency. Yes, which equals a level of consciousness. Yeah. And they, and um, go ahead. I was going to say, isn't the, the frequency just riding on the vibration? It's like uh, if a vibration and the frequency is transmitted through that vibration. So I don't feel like frequency and vibration are the same thing is what I'm trying to say. Ah, okay. Like frequency is light and vibration sound. Is that how you're saying that? Uh, uh, I guess vibration can have a sound. I think everything's vibrate. I think, yeah. I think everything has a sound, believe it or not, because everything has vibration and it all makes a sound. Some, yeah, some of it, some of it we can hear and some of it. Oh, like light, some light we can see, yeah. some light we can't. Exactly. That's so, why I think the vibration is the method. It's the, it's the method of it. So if it's sound or light or color, that's the method. That's the, that's the vibration. That maybe that method isn't the right word. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what, what you're trying to say with the word method movement or, or it's the action action. It's the action. It's the action. Is that where you're going with it, Laurel? The frequency. So the vibration seems like the action to me. And the, the frequency is what yes. is because of the vibration or the or the action. Oh, so if you okay, think about a size. Sense. Yeah, I'm thinking yes. that gives me the image of the size size machine, seismatic machine, cymatic si- machine where they oh, yeah. put a vibration on the plate. The vibration on the plate is a sound and it organizes the geometry, oh, yes. all the sands into a yes. geometry, and that's a frequency. <laughs> <laughs> like that is that yeah and the, and the frequency is what's created from that it's it's that's how what it's that's what it seems like to me anyway okay okay it feels like vibration and frequency aren't the same thing okay 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 that's good to know because i always used it interchangeably but <laughs> well, I, well, I think some... chunking it down I, I think people probably do but i'm just saying chunking it down maybe that's not actually true mm-hmm well, I, I think with every situation, it's all those things at once. So you can accurately call one thing those things yes, because they're all that at once. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, well, everything is energy. Yeah, granted, yeah. this is an intuitive perspective. We're not yeah. scientists, but Ooh. it's <laughs> <I'm> sure not. <laughs> what is the ratio for this uh, yeah, right. exact 152 hertz? Mm. <laughs> so speaking of the frequency, so it's all changing right now because we are apparently going through uh, transition into 5D. So this is another big one, that another big rabbit hole, because what is 5D? What are the common signs that we are there if we are there? Is it a state of being? Is it a physical place? Sorry, this is gonna be oh. a <laughs> all good. Actually, that's a big mouthful right there. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you guys it go is. first, and then oh. I'll then I'll I'll come in and summate if I can. <laughs> God, I don't even know if I can answer that. Um, uh, yeah, succinctly. How do you answer that succinctly? Because that's like an hour long, hour long presentation. Well, I go into uh, a feeling of it, right? Like so, that's where I go. I try to go into not anything I've read before. But just into the feeling of tuning into what what resonates with me around 5D. And I think about going beyond the 4D collective and being in a split, a space that feels heart-based, mm-hmm. love-based, and also harmonized, more in harmony, more of a way that it collects energy that then comes down into the earth. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think of when I go when I tune into 5D. Like it feels softer. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know this is a, I know this is a common word, you know, it's maybe be overused, but I, I, I'm with Stacy with the heart base, but I think it has to do with truth and authenticity. And I, and I know authenticity is, is like, you know, a catch all word right now, like being authentic or whatever it is, but I think it's heart based through your highest truth. And, um, that's, that's how I would say where you're not being, you're not working with your programs or what you think you should do or whatever you should do. You're coming from a very deep space within yourself where it's your truth, but it's heart based and, and you know, maybe there's more to say to that than. Well, I hear a lot in what you're saying with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get this feeling of openness and acceptance. Yeah. Just, just a very broad openness to that. And that softness, like you were saying, Christina. Yeah. Softness. Softness. Yeah. Yeah. And the key, I guess the key piece there is, is heart-based in the sense that when you think about your heart connections, it doesn't know any time. It's like you had, say, there's a relationship you had and there was a really deep heart connection. 20 years can go by and you can see them again and you can pick up right where you left off. Yes. You know, because there's a timelessness in the heart space and there is a um, absence of, um, I guess what you were talking about, that programming, you know, the reasons why things aren't the, the, the critiquing of things isn't there. It's just that deep acceptance of what is. Um, if I were to give it more... Uh, other kinds of words it's stepping outside of linear time like time flying through space like an arrow and going into more a sense of reality is in a more circular spiral kind of time and that is there's an awareness of everything that's happening right now didn't start here there's there's a sense that you know there's something beyond the time the time dial so to speak that is the origin of what i'm looking at right now and i can also heal myself deeply and all my people, your children, grand- grandparents, stuff like this by stepping outside of time like that. But then you can also 
and this is where it's, I feel like it's the key for humanity, we can create from that space as well. So we're no longer working with the limits of what kinds of resources we have, what kinds of linear time do we have, what kind, you know what I mean? All these constructs of that 4D stuff, you know? Um, and we are creating with the real, true magic aspects of ourselves. So, and we, yeah, we don't know the limits. We don't, there are no limits at that place. Um, I think there's a lot of humans are there, but it's not critical mass necessarily. Or maybe if it is, it's on the down low, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> I feel like the star seeds, indigos, crystal children, it's like, there's a, there's millions and millions of us on the planet. And uh, when we're isolated, our strength is very limited. But when we are together in groups, this is where we really have a huge impact because we can anchor those fields of potential as a group that we don't aren't able to do as an individual. So I think in this way, that's where that's why um, humanity has a lot more work to go. It's like the ones that are have this capacity, we need to continue to reconnect and connect in, in groups, ever growing groups, so we can anchor the um, these other uh, levels, this 5D potential, if you want to call it that. I feel like it's way beyond 5D, but 5D is like the heart is the doorway for all these pieces to come through into this world. So so if anything, maybe 5D field is considered, consider, maybe it's more accurate to call it the doorway of our multidimensional essence versus the actual static field that we are now going to rise and live in. It, yeah, that feels right. It, yeah. it takes me to the, um, my very favorite quote from the book, The Little Prince. And uh, it's with only the heart one can see rightly. What is mm. essential is invisible to the eye. And so as we come together with our heart consciousness, we're doing work because it's invisible, but it's happening. It's like critical mass. That's what it seems to be. So mm. it's invisible, but it's happening. I love yes, that. It's in, yes. That's great. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that quote, Ray. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what we do. Yes. In this group is we do that. We work with the invisible all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we see the results of what's been happening. Yes, absolutely. Results. It's all heart consciousness. It's essential to our to our I, essential nature. Go on. Yeah, totally. And I I I feel that we can do all the, the counseling or therapy we want. We can do the right diet. We can do the exercise. We can do this. We can do that. But until yeah. we also clear the unseen, and we and we work at those levels. I feel like we only get so far, yeah. you know, and it's such a holistic piece that as we are moving into this new paradigm or the, the five, the, the gateway or doorway or whatever we want to call this, it it's about going to those levels because just doing the things that we thought we were told to always do to be better therapy, you know, diet, blah, 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 all those things. We're not, we're not getting to that to the full essence of who we are. We're not clearing it at those levels. Mm -hmm. So I have found profound shifts once I started going into the energy work, right? Mm -hmm. Once I started, and even more so beyond just energy work, because like Reiki took me so far, right? But going into the multi-dimensional levels of awareness, it was like, 
game on, life changer, profound shift in who I am and that level of it. And that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about versus just tracking energy, you know, like, and, and, and yeah, that's what I wanted to bring forward. Well, so, it yeah. feels like the potentials in that, in that way you're speaking, Stacy, are unlimited. Yes. It yes. is. It's, it's an unlimited yes. way to, you can just keep going and going and going. Yeah. And, yeah. and I see it as a masters of space. You know, it's mastery of space because everything is space. I mean, even though we appear to be solid, it's the space in between that all the work is done. So being able Ooh, to get in between that. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, yes. Well, that explains so much for me in my process this past few weeks, Ray, because that was the one thing I feel like it's like, I only can process the, the magnitude of what's going on. I need space. I have to have empty mm -hmm. space. That's what it, that's. Yeah. So you just put your finger right on that. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that what the ancients taught us? I mean, I, I mean, I've been a, you know, a student of yoga for almost 20 something years and we learn about the space between, right? You, you hold, you, you hold in those places, you connect in those places. I'm sure Laurel Buddhism is as a similar kind of philosophies around that. So that, that concept is beautiful and a reminder of the teachings that, that are older, right? Those mm -hmm. teachings that are ancient that are coming back full circle for us. Yeah, because we're deepening our our where our our ability to understand what the teachings are. Now, let's talk about space. There's something called rarefied space, right, with sound. And I remember when we would do like um, way back when. God, this is like I'm dating myself. Maybe 30 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> we would do a kirtan, and um, it, it's a call and repeat of chants. But there would be a time when the energy is really moving and people could not let the rarefied space exist. <laughs> they had to continue singing for the call and the repeat. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and I, I and I often think about that. It's like, what was going on there? But what I realized is that people were not in their bodies and they were just, you know, not really in control of themselves. They They couldn't be in that silence because they weren't home. You know, and I mean, this is something that was showed to me long, so long ago, but now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I always wondered about that. And, and just recently we had a call and repeat situation and people still had a hard time. When do I, when do I repeat? When do, you know, and it's because that energy at a certain point, you really have to be disciplined inside of yourself to stay home. So you can allow space to happen. You know, it's really uncomfortable if you're not used to it. Yes. yes. Exactly. It's very uncomfortable if you're not used to it. Wow. Okay. So we went from 5D into empty space. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a perfect segue because if 5D is mainly an inner world of our multidimensionality, in essence, that's what it is. Um, and Stacy, you brought up that part of the journey, which is awesome because now I'm going to ask, what are the top things that affect people stepping into the into their multidimensionality like what 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 does like it look what, like or um what would i guess what are the top things to affect them so that it quickens the process or perhaps slower lower or not lowers so affect um, like shifts like what shifts do you see when they step into it or is what it more what holds them back sorry like the yeah. yeah no please factors that i guess influence how fast they get there or how slow mm -hmm. they get there what stops them 
Um, okay. there you go. Yeah. This is a juicy one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of things to say about that. Um, all right. Well, since I'm talking. <laughs> um, well, the number one, the number one thing that can accelerate your consciousness and its um, ascension with the 5D process is cultivating exospecies relationships. Number one thing yeah. that will catapult Whoa. you so quickly. Um, and anybody who's had contact with Sasquatch can tell you this. Anybody who's had contact with um, the fae, the Fae Deva realm, like real contact with the Fae Deva realm, they'll be able to tell you this. It's like this is an internal shift. This whole idea about going into five D multidimensionality, but it absolutely exists outside of us. It's just you need to be in nature to for it to be revealing of itself. It's like in a city, the fields aren't such where that can exist so easily. But when you're in a, let's say, old growth forest or someplace where nature is thriving, you can see it. You can really experience it for yourself. And uh, uh, yeah, so exospecies communication would be my number one, my number one piece on that. And I have a lot to say about it, but I'm going to stop and give you guys some space to talk too, because I know you guys have things. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say that's what did it for me. You know, it's like wham. <laughs> yeah, Laurel, Laurel, you never had a warm up. You just went from zero to like one hundred. Well, I feel like my warm up was my Buddhist training. You know, oh, okay. my warm up. Yeah. Um. So that when that happened, many different things were in place already to be able to kind of handle that. Um. But yeah, it was just uh, I had this heart call. And they just showed up. They just started showing up. And and I feel like that's really important, having that heart call mm -hmm. and wanting to meet them, but wanting to meet them as an equal. Because often it's like people are feel subservient to other beings. You know, they automatically put them on a pedestal. So it's like meeting them. I had to learn that too. Meeting them where they're at. You know, other uh, they're beings just like us. Um, so meeting them in that place as an equal in your body. I mean, there's a lot to say about it. But well, how does sequence go for you? Who was the first one to introduce themselves? Sasquatch was the first. Mm -hmm. um, well, honestly, I had other interactions with um, you know exospecies before that, but the elemental type species, uh, it was Sasquatch. And I feel that Sasquatch is really coming forward right now to um, meet with humanity because they are the closest to humans of the elementals. They're in and out of both worlds, you know, all the time. So uh, they can help us bridge that gap between the two much more easily than you know, as, especially when you're starting out, then just, uh, although some people, you know, naturally connect with other species first, but if you would like to start a relationship with uh, elemental beings, going through Sasquatch is really, really great. And they'll, they're open to working with people mm -hmm. with the right intention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the right intention, I'm going to say that again. Yeah, it has to be the right intention. Oh, yeah, because there's, yeah, there's lots of wrong intentions out there when it comes to Sasquatch, particularly. 
Yeah. I got another one is um, when you can start acknowledging and deciphering or discerning the difference between what's resistance and what's not. So the, the concept of when I, oh, I'm in resistance right now, what that looks like to you, what, what resistance can be like for others. And once you start to see, oh, I'm being triggered right now, so I'm having a reaction, that's resistance. That piece is when you can start to acknowledge that piece, that's where there's some profound shifts in your connection, your communication, your relationships, all of it is mm -hmm. to understand I'm in resistance. I'm having a reaction. It has nothing to do with anyone else. It's mine. Right. So yeah. that piece is an awareness that I think a lot of people are still trapped in is the resistance then that presents then people will externally blame yes, or they'll have a reaction that could be body. Okay. I'm having this health reaction. Now I got to go out and get these pills and do this and do this and this and this, where instead it's just a reaction that's coming up. There's energy blocks that are being moved. There's or there's a resistance that's happening. But when you can start to really acknowledge that, holy moly, does that really accelerate your multi-dimensionality mm -hmm. as well. Yes, that's huge that takes, what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. And it takes time to understand that. It takes a lot of, uh, for me, it takes focus. It, it, it originally took focus to catch myself in those places. And it took mindset work to really get there in noticing, okay, right now there's resistance that's presenting. The other day when I was working with a client, what kept on coming up was, there was this massive resistance and we had to just sit and hold space to allow it to come through. And what it the gift it gave to her is there was nothing that needed to be done. But the feelings that came up, I don't want to be here. I, I regret doing energy work. I, you know, like I'm angry right now. All of those feelings that were coming up, holding space for that and saying, this is your resistance coming up. See, look, 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 look. And it just shifted. And then her hair, her whole mind was clear. And she's like, wow, I feel great now. But like she was ready to get off the table, mm -hmm. you know, and leave. So there, it, it, it's profound the way resistance can look. And when we can know what resistance looks like to us, that's our own special piece to it. Because it may look like physical sensations for you. It may look like certain behavioral reactions. Whatever it looks like, it's important for you to know because that's where that's where you can really work on accelerating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a story about that. Um, uh, so a lot of times when we have something physical going on, whether it be sickness or injury or whatever, the, the program tells us we need to go to the doctor or we need to go to this practitioner or whatever. Um, I, one time I uh, felt like, I felt like I was, gonna I had a terrible flu I mean it was so bad and I had to go walk the dog and it was cold and rainy and I was just like you know <laughs> and I and I get I get together to go walk the dog and I have my my jacket and my hood on and I just felt like walking death you know walking her and I came back from the walk and I saw my reflection in the door and in my reflection I had a really quick flash of me 
being an oblong skull being. And as soon as I saw that and was like, whoa, all of my symptoms went away. So this was all my subconscious resistance to acknowledging that part of my existence that was coming forward, that was coming, getting activated, coming. What, what species was that? Uh, well, there is Anunnaki. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just that. And, um, and it was a hybrid. Yeah. So anyway, um, but I needed to acknowledge that. And some part of my subconscious would not, was not having it. It was like fighting it tooth and nail, but the universe and its infinite wisdom put it right in front of me so I can see it. And I mean, who looks in the, in the reflection with the hood on and sees themselves as an oblong skull? Like, when does that happen? <laughs> but instantly I felt completely better. And that was that. So anyway, that's my story for, to match what Stacy was saying. Cause that's absolutely so, absolutely so. There's lots of other things too, guys. What else, what's, what else works for you, Ray? What, what's, you notice accelerated your stuff? Um, well, this is like one of those parts that you can't define except for the fact it's called knowing. It's like you have this knowing that you're going someplace and nothing can stop you from going there. And you can be criticized by people around you and everything like that, but you just know that you're going someplace and nothing will stop. And it's hard to hold on to sometimes when everyone, everyone around you will tell you that you're kind of crazy and whatever, but there's something that impels you to go forward because you know it's right you know you have to go there you know that something within you is true and it's it's like it's so undefinable but this is like the inner knowings for instance when I was a young child I knew that I was here for a purpose and I didn't know what that was I couldn't define it I couldn't talk about it I just know that and that's knowing has kind of pushed me along throughout my life so that that I can add following your truth following, following your, your truth but it's knowing and you know no no matter what anybody <laughs> says to you you're just saying but I know this is true for me I know that I have to go here I know I have to do this that sounds like a heart call yeah that's intuition right yes yeah. intuition that trusting that well I would I would say it's a little bit different than just intuition in the sense that a heart call is a call and a response meeting you know, like it's unst wild horses mm. can't stop it from coming to pass. If that, yeah. I, so I would differentiate that. I would agree with that wholeheartedly that mm. wild horses, there's nothing, wow. there's nothing that's going to get in the way. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yes. You know, and aren't we, aren't we in that point now where nothing's really going to get in the way? Right. Yeah. So for those who are being true to themselves, yes. <laughs> for those still struggling with that it's going to feel like they have all kinds of roadblocks and it's going to feel hopeless in a lot of, in a lot of moments um actually it's reminding me of a conversation i had with their starshine recently um she had a real hard time opening herself up to the magic of what's possible and was really anchored into this is the program this is the government this is the policies this is you know i <laughs> mean and and coincidentally, you know, her whole, she experiences whole pain throughout her entire body, you know? So, um, I pushed where I could, but I, I knew that I, I reached the point where I couldn't push any further or else, you know, I was really going to give her a meltdown and I didn't want to do that because I was just going to make it all worse. Um, but on that, on that note, 
The other thing you could be doing to really accelerate your, your process is engage dream time. Engage dream time. Understand that dreaming is not just dreaming. That's a whole nother reality unfolding in front of you. And there are rabbit holes in that reality that can take you directly into the infinite, directly into the great abyss, the, 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 the great empty, where you can pull out your spirit, your heart can pull out any potential it wants. Whatever is relevant, whatever is appropriate, you can pull from that. So I'm just going to underline that with we learned that same thing in the Buddhist teachings. Ah, <laughs> you love I, love it when, I love it when that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is just something I've intuitively gone to, but it's yeah. like it's it's for real, guys. It is for real. So your dream time happens whether you recognize it or not, whether you remember it or not. And there are ways to to bring it forward that maybe aren't in the traditional ways. Like a lot of the times we think my usually the first response I get from somebody when I talk about working with dream time is that, oh, I never remember my dreams. It's usually the first response. <laughs> you know, it's like, believe it or not, you don't have to. There's a way to work with your dreams, even if you don't remember the story. Um, and that's exactly what we do in the Dreamtime Healing Project, you know, because there's people that was like, oh, Dreamtime never. But they do the techniques that, that we teach them. And they are some of the most profound dreamers. I mean, you guys, you know who some of the ones I'm talking about, profound dreamers that bring the most extraordinary transmissions forward. And yet they very rarely remember the storyline of their dream. So I just want to plant that seed because that's another huge piece that can really catapult somebody forward into their multidimensional awakening. You know, another one I, I think of is what, what we are constantly, constantly talking about, which is being behind our eyes, being in our body, being in our sovereign nature. Yeah. When you start to, when it becomes a natural thing to start going behind your eyes, being in your heart, being in your heartbeat, it just changes the ball game of how you walk through life. It really does. So that knowing what it's like to be home and knowing when you are outside of your body and you're acquiescing to all those energies outside of you that are not you. So having, being at home base, I'm not even a baseball fan. I don't even know. Like <laughs> I just say <laughs> these baseball things. So, you know, the, that piece is like when I discovered what I use the word home to me, because that just, that made everything like feel safe. It made everything feel like, like, wow, I got this. I got mm -hmm. this. Anything I can tackle because I know where home is. I can just go right behind my eyes. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, like that's... to say that, that that is crucial for interspecies communication, that being home in your body, to be able to meet them where they need to be met, that being in your body is so important. And there's just a lot to say about that too, but I just, and we teach that too. We teach how to do that uh, in light body as well. Yeah. Cause when you're in your body and your heartbeat and behind your eyes, you're, you're safer to be around and you're not reaction. You, there's big, no big, big ripple reactions. You know, um, when we're not in our bodies, we're, we're actually high, highly reactive and our own nervous system is in high alert and we're emanating that in the energetic. But when we're home, our nervous system is calmed. You know, our being, our very beingness is more, let's say, subdued. 
And there are default human behaviors that we enjoy that keep us out of our body, that are we're, we're, we're really loud and messy on the interdimensional planes energetically. Like when we're, we're like when we're hysterically laughing a lot. Yeah, it feels really good and it's nice, but you know, we could do that, but don't do that in an interdimensional playground. No, because of beings, you can quite literally wipe beings out like that, right? It's you need, painful. Sorry. Yeah, it's painful for them. Exactly. And like, you know, really uh, um, robust, full fooling around. Yeah, you know what? That's really fun in the human realm. But in the <laughs> in the interdimensional spaces, that's, that's you know, not okay either. So uh, there's a lot of things that humans do out of habit and enjoyment that are really only okay in the human realm. But we're, but still, we're not in our bodies a lot. And we kind of are addicted to that feeling, you know, like excitement, people love excitement, but actually, we're leaving our bodies at a certain point with excitement. And like joy, you know, there's a way to have joy where you're in your container, having joy, it's not a big, huge expression of joy, though it feels big inside. It's not like this big, you know, joy. that's really well described. <laughs> really well described. And though there's a lot of enjoyment in for a human to be like, right? <laughs> so, you know, uh, so this whole practice that we're talking about being in your body and in your rhythms, there's, there's, there's actually so much to it. Because even in humans, when we get together in ceremonies or in sacred, in sacred ways, when we're in our bodies, we're holding a very powerful, potent field versus when we're in and out of our bodies it's not as it's not as um maybe consolidated is the way to say it congruent it's not as congruent um yeah that's a great point thank you for that and that's how you also can recognize hostile ets because one of the one of the first things that happens you get triggered and you leave your body you're you're not home you're, you know you're up here <gasps> you know, in, in agitation or fear or fright or whatever, you know, and they need you in that state so they can engage with you in the way that they want to engage with you. And, you know, um, I think there's a lot of arguments about benevolent versus malicious ETs. And I'm telling you, there are, there's a whole spectrum, whole spectrum of ETs. And uh, some of them we think are ETs, but are actually been here for a long time on this planet, longer than humans. So this, that even is a requalification. But when you're in your body, you can be in connection with that inner knowing, like what Rayon's talking about. Your knowing that will help you navigate in a much stronger way. Even though you're in a very uncomfortable place, you're in your body and that knowing is there. Versus when you're in uncomfortable and you're not in your body, the knowing's not there. It's your mind is like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you right? can't be in touch with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, that the extraterrestrials, that's gonna be a whole separate show in itself because <laughs> there's a lot to cover there. <laughs> Indeed. But Indeed. with the multi-dimensional journey, <clears throat> how does the timeline timeline jumping play into that? Is it separate journeys? Is it interwoven? Does one happen first and then you get into timeline? Mm -hmm. What's, what's uh, the factors involved in that? What is timeline jumping into the separate? Again, the same question with with multi-dimensional or 5d is it a uh -huh. separate space or is it an inside space or yeah yeah well i think this goes back into the whole um awakening through these different fields 4d 5d mm -hmm. timeline those were the wording timeline is coming because more people are have access to the idea that there's multiple timeline potentials 
like multiverse part of that well, more than multiverse it's more of like you know all right this moment in time i have choices and cho these choices are going to lead me down different momentum tunnels of time that is a concept that was not available to humanity even 20 years ago not most of humanity now it's like people that's like a catchword because the collective now can allow that kind of awareness okay but remember timelines that's going through time like an arrow that's still a 4d field does that make sense how i'm saying that so when you are opening to your multi-dimensional self the heart 5d being the gateway there is no set timeline in the sense of i'm on this timeline and i'm flying through it like i'm on a jet airplane no instead you are you are in the Apache helicopter that can go forward and backwards and up and down, and you are traversing many timelines all at once, cultivating your experience and your potentials. This makes sense. So so once you're past the canopy, once you're past the 4D field and your awareness and that that 5D field, heart field is more and more available to you. It's all about time is irrelevant. Timelines are irrelevant. It's all about the here and now. And what's right in the here and now? What's what's my truth in the here and now? And then there's a next here and now. And then there's a next here and now. You, you see what I mean? And you can create timelines with your imagination, with your dream time. Absolutely. But then you have to do the work to be on that timeline. <laughs> Which still requires you to be really present in the here and now. So either way, you're <laughs> present in the here and now. <laughs> Starting off point, guys. Starting off point. <laughs> I still remember one of your lunchtime chats and a guy was explaining how he was timeline jumping and he said um, you remember buying a brand of cereal, I think? Do you remember that story? And then the next day he woke up and it wasn't there. It was a different brand. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you guys have this happen. Like you swear something happened, but then oh, yeah. you, you check in with the folks around you and it never happened. Yeah. Yes. Is that a trip? And I'm experiencing this with my husband and I. Like we swear someone flushed the toilet, but they did it. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Like we're in those timelines where we flush the toilet, but then mm -hmm. it and it's happening jointly. Uh -huh. It's fascinating to watch because this happens over and over and over again right now. And we both swear, we know, we know that we did it. And mm -hmm. then it's just a whole different like experience after that. And yeah, so I have never experienced that with another until probably the last month or two where okay. it just keeps on happening over and over again for us. Yeah. Well, I love it when we can share the experience because now, you know, it's not just you. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> it's really helpful <laughs> is it similar um, to deja vu um from well for me deja vu is more of like your soul benchmarking events on your trajectory oh you know that's for me i mean you guys might have a different take on the the deja vu experience yeah that's what it feels like to me yeah just like that. yeah yeah it's a good description but when remember, I'm going through it, I, oh, sorry. When I'm going through it, something comes up, whether it's, it's a program or a belief system or something that wants to get cleared. There's always, for me, that benchmark also means, okay, there's something in it. Mm -hmm. So there's something that 
that's why it feels like a benchmark because all right, what is what why is this presenting? There's something here for me to mm -hmm. tune something into. Pay attention to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something pay yeah, take notice, take notice. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I yeah, I feel the same way. I remember one time I had a deja vu of a deja vu. <laughs> yes, I know that. Wow. Isn't that a trip? That's so true. Yes. Like in in my case, it was way back when um I was still dating. I was dating my my current husband and I was walking from the living room into the kitchen and I was saying something to him and I can't remember what he was doing in the kitchen, but as I was saying what I was saying to him, all of a sudden I was, I, we were living in this house. It was totally different decorations and everything, which we eventually did do. Um, and I had an awareness that we had two kids and, uh, and the, the, the carpet was blue and, and it was like just a flash. Everything was so different. It was like, I was saying the same words but I was in the future saying those same words. And then, and so that happened and I was like, whoa, deja vu, right? But then fast forward a couple of years, <laughs> I'm in the exact same thing, doing the exact same thing, realizing, holy crap, I had a deja vu of this two years ago. <laughs> it was really, really a mind trip. And back then I was working a lot. I was I was introduced and new to working with the Palladians. So they were like really, really in my field a lot for, for that period of time. And I also stopped working in the mundane world. At the, I left the corporate world. So I had a um, the fields were well cultivated, let's say, where I could have that flexibility in my in my brain and my awareness. But that was probably the clearest one of my life was those two. <laughs> the deja vu of a deja vu. I also find I get deja vus of I'll have a dream and then I'll see it in real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you call that a deja vu, but like a premonition. You'll recognize, like you'll see, there's, you'll be, there'll be a place in a dream, like a city or a block or something. And all of a sudden it'll just show up where you are. Yeah, that sort of thing. And to me, mm -hmm. that's a deja vu, but maybe you'd call it something else. Yeah, I guess we need to invent dialogue for this or, you know, some <laughs> terms. That's <laughs> fascinating. How about, that a lot. How about deja? Do you ever get deja vu's of past lives? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that touches on what Laurel is saying. I don't know if we qualified as deja vu, but there are times when I know I was here before in a different form. I was definitely here in a different form. Um, and actually, I had that in a dream. So it's like I experienced the frequency in this life or just recently, a couple of weeks ago, or not even maybe less than a week ago, I experienced the frequency and I was like, whoa, I remember this. And then in my dream, I remembered the actual moment where I was in that frequency and it was in another lifetime in in a jungle somewhere, you know, and, uh, and then when I came out, when I came out and back into this world, it was like something was activated in me and I can touch the memories, the know, the knowings by just visiting the frequency. This makes sense. So what do we, that's not necessarily deja vu, or maybe it is, I don't know. We need to come up with another term. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to that. We need to come up with another term. <laughs> Which brings me to that question. How do you know you've met someone from a past life or soul family? A good question that's a great question 
Wow. For me, it's it's just like going back to what Ray Allen keeps on saying is the the knowing, the knowing. I've, I I have learned to really understand the data sets that present, and I I have I'm able to tune in to know like, yes, hello, friend, yes, hello. knowing. You know, there's just that knowing. But some I from working with different clients, some see like they have a visual and they know. You know, there's the visual of, yes, this is, they may have some, they have, may have some, you know, we all, all work with someone who gets her, the intuitive hits she gets are physical sensations. And now with those physical sensations, she's starting to track into what the physical sensation means for her. This means this. When my hip hurts, it means this. When my eye hurts, it means this or whatever it is. Right. So it's just like, knowing the communication that comes up for you and you you just uh, there's a knowing in but it's a data the data set presents differently for all different people the intuitive hit comes in differently so that's where for me that that's what i've noticed and then working with clients and seeing how they get those data sets yeah yeah yeah, I can say when I'm not paying close attention, it's a knowing, but if I really spend time to open the field and look at it, I can go to the kinds of lifetimes they were. I recently met um, <clears throat> met someone, a gentleman that uh, it was like instant recognition. And as and we just called it harmony. Oh, well, there's a lot of the very easy harmonic going on here, right? But then when we would sit in ceremony or sit in something, um, you know, with a different kind of uh, um, fields of awareness around us, it's like we could see other lifetimes and the roles that we played. And and then, then we got into the actual roles that we played. Um, there, you know, there's things going on in the Amun, the Amun cult of Egypt. There were things going on in the uh, Atlantean, uh, <laughs> the Atlantean, um, uh, agenda. And then, you know what I mean? It was like, we, there was these pivotal moments where we were in, in, in each other's um, lives. But I, but for me to recall on that level, I need to sit and have an intention to open the fields when it's just like an everyday exchange, like I'm at the grocery store or maybe a client comes forward. It's just a knowing a sense of familiarity. It's, it's on that level, that surface. Um, that, that's how the data sets work for me. For, for me, um, you know, just like my daughter or my son, you know, I, I just know that I was in relationship with them in somehow or another. But another way, uh, like you're going to the grocery store or certain person will walk by me and I'll get a sensation in my body like my throat is cut off. You know, <laughs> it will bring it just their presence or their frequency will have me remember something that's going on in my body. So it's like, and, and I don't even know that person, but I know that I had a relationship with them because of certain, and, and it, it's a, more of a negative thing, but I, I'll i have like um, a terrible upset stomach when they walk by. I'll just know that it, it's, a, it's something from the past life. It's, it's a remembering of some kind. Or a certain smell will bring it up. Smells powerful. Yeah. Yes. Well, Ray, I'm going to put you on the spot here since you're talking. <laughs> what role does astrology play in your soul family in your past life? Because there's soul origins. We all have soul origins. And you've been helping the, the light body or students get clarity on their soul origins. Well, 
you know, that, well, what we are doing right now in Light Body is we are getting in touch with our starseed origin. And, yeah, starseed. So um, I can't really tell you about, I mean, I'm sure you can compare charts and you can have similarities and all that kind of stuff. But right now we are getting in touch with um, going to parts of our chart where we can find out how we are related to different, um, like the Pleiadians or the Syrians or um, the the lion people or the reptilian people or whatever it is. So just certain aspects in your chart are indicating or indicators that we have a particular DNA pattern within ourselves. And knowing that DNA pattern gives us insight of how we are creating on the plane that we're working on right now or how we're interacting with people around us or understanding how people are interacting with us so i don't know if that's an answer to your question yeah it's a it's a good question anyways for people to get interested so they can dig deeper and where their starseed origin is because that's really important and getting more clarity on past life and getting in touch with that now is opening up parts and dimensions within ourselves that we have long forgotten. They're being they're they're awakening within our physical body so that we can have talents that we have long forgotten. Or, you know, or we can have powers that are long forgotten and it's activated within us and we can start, you know, um helping those qualities grow in a different way. Oh, I love uh, that. Love yeah. that. Yeah. I, w- I would dovetail on that. The the accumulation of these starseed origin integration starts bringing on abilities such as uh, your your connection and cultivation of consciousness with the, within the Merlin Collective, or with the Emerald Order, or with the um, with certain uh, uh, dragon clans. You know, so it's like it's a it's like reassembling something that was that came in fragmented and you're bringing it all together and reintegrating it, reunifying and reintegrating it. Some might call it restoring templates, you know? Yes. Yeah. And it's through the astrology that you've tracked back into that. Go ahead, Stacey. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I know since we've been doing the starseed origin pieces, I I know for, for me, once I got that information and I started tuning into particular ones I will tell you there's been pieces of me that I know like that I couldn't I couldn't just like get get a grab I just couldn't understand like who am I it woke me up to new levels of who I am that I knew something was there but I couldn't put my hand on it I couldn't figure it out and then once that the origins came in it's like yes finally now I get it now I understand so like the Octorian piece for me is very strong and I knew I just I knew something right until I got that validation that confirmation it was like yes so it it just brought in another level of awareness of who I am that just like has been very exciting to to know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like to sorry go ahead Oh, I was just gonna say, I also found it very validating when I when I was looking at my origins. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the story of my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was so grateful. I was like, wow, yes. my true compass is alive, right? <laughs> it also feels like there's a lot of support 
there's this huge support that you didn't know was there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just opened a whole other world of communication and support. I, I don't know what else to say. That's what happened for me. Um, Do you have an example? It's a very easy sort of uh, flow. Um, well, I guess because my flavor of what I do is the elemental realms. I, there's just so much elemental support in, in, in those stars for me anyway, um, that you can call on, you know, when you need it. I don't know what else to say. You know, yeah, I we... know how astrology. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to bring up another piece that I think the astrology has well supported us in this work is we'll tune into a certain planet frequency or we'll tune into, yeah, let's say that what we may be called to tune into Saturn energy for some reason. And there's some profound shifts that happen, some awarenesses that come forward of our relationship to Saturn or we may be, Raylan may be giving us a forecast of what's in the stars. I mean, Christina, you just did that last week with lunchtime chats around Pluto. Aquari yeah, the Aquarius going into Pluto. And knowing that and bringing forth that awareness also helps us to understand what we're going through. And it's been well supported. Yeah, yeah. Understanding can help. Um well, understanding helps our human condition for sure. The The part that, that really is a drag for a lot of multidimensionals on their journey is that the understanding doesn't happen until after the fact. <laughs> after the choice had to been made and action had to be taken, then the understanding, the more macro understanding comes. <clears throat> well, we've covered like a lot of questions that go really deep and we can continue, continue, continue to go deep. Um, so let's take a break and we will reconvene. Now, again, for the listeners and viewers, feel free to comment below and just friendly reminder with your questions and experiences you've been having and also follow our social media. I recommend uh, Light Bodies Telegram, which is multidimensional human and our Facebook group, which is Rise of Christina. <laughs> yes, Rise, Rise of, of the Multidimensional Human. <laughs> so many names. <laughs> yes, please join us there and um, stay tuned for our, our next chats that we will be uh, Q&A chats, I should say, because we will dive into extraterrestrials and the dark night of the soul. So until then, stay tuned for that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Bye.